Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Homemaker Chic, where we are rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind with lots of books, mm-hmm. our red lipstick, and uh, no jumpers. I'm your host, Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl, and I'm joined by my fellow reader, even though she's an audiobook junkie, <laughs> Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead. And we're doing this. Yes. Uh, our last episode was really contemplative. And today we're going to have some some fun because I'm kind of a bookworm, mm-hmm. book nerd, book geek. I'm pretty jazzed about this. Um, what I want you to do is I want you to join us over on Patreon because that is where we have this whole love thing going on. You show us some love. We show you some love. We have digital downloads of our books and we have chore charts and to-do lists and all the things that homemakers need. And it's a lovely little community. We hang out once a month with a sort of fangirl girl bash. The way we close out <laughs> the month and we, we have a ton of fun. Our next one is in just a couple weeks. I cannot believe, Shay, how fast July is flying even by. Hap- like, I don't... <sighs> It doesn't make sense to me what's happening. I, you know, it, it, it does not compute. It does not yeah. <laughs> and I sort of base everything in the summer by which flowers are blooming when. <laughs> my my roses just peaked. And so now I'm like grooming them and trimming them. And because my garden peaks at the end of July. When does your garden peak? Um, I mean, really like right now. It's right now. It's okay. kind of breathtaking if I do say so myself. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> But it's like that whole if a if a tree falls in the forest, like doesn't make a noise. Like I I have some gardening friends, but not like not like flower gardeners. Okay, and you know people come over and they're like, oh, it's that's really pretty, and they enjoy it. But like if you were to come over, for example, I would I would want the reaction to be a little bit more zealous. I'd have to put some stank on it. You'd I'll be to, right over. Yeah. You'd have to put some like depends on because it would just make you mm-hmm. so excited. You might. Okay. <laughs> you might tinkle. That's how I feel. You might I bring my just family a out. Bit. I'm like, look at this. <laughs> look at I trellised the grapevines. Look at my my espalade. I like mm-hmm. tied them. They're going mm-hmm. straight out and they're underplanted with a million chamomile seeds. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. And they're like, they're really, that's really nice, mom. I'm like, No. No, you don't understand. Yeah, I don't. There's like crap growing in a straight horizontal line. Like I am defying nature. Yeah. I need someone to applaud me. Yeah, this exactly. This is a big deal. Where is Monty is when you need him? You know, oh, you, yeah. okay, just yesterday. or Okay, it was actually last week. I, I've lost <laughs> I that. Because sometimes it's deceptive on social media because it's like this was posted four days ago. Last week was Monty's birthday. Monty Don, our British gardener, love, was his birthday. And I remember him saying one time on Gardener's World that on his birthday every year, he would go out to his garden and he would dig up the first new potatoes. And that's what he would have for his birthday dinner was like fresh potatoes for the first time. And so I said this to Stu on Monty's birthday. I'm like, oh, today's Monty's birthday. And, you know, he's probably eating potatoes for supper because he likes to do this. And he was just like, I don't this world you live in. Like, what? (laughs) What is this? I'm like, fine, fine. I'll just text Angela. She'll appreciate it. <laughs> Could never live anywhere else. <laughs> the only place I can, oops, only place I can survive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, we're enjoying chamomile. We're enjoying new potatoes mm. on Monty's behalf. Yes. We're celebrating somebody's birthday that we don't even know. And we are also celebrating this concept 
which if you're not picking it up, then I'm just going to call it you're a little bit slow. (laughs) We are celebrating this concept. Is that you dinging? Sorry. Yes. Turn that phone down. What did we just talk about? It's it's my farm help. She's coming to help me. So I don't. Farm help. Send her here and then she can come to you. Uh, We are celebrating this concept of better, not more. And so in that spirit, Today's show is brought to you by Jovial Foods. You know how we feel about them. Jovial Foods is the company Mm -hmm. that supplies Jay and I and so many of our fellow homemakers with the most gorgeous baking flowers and foods. If you're not baking with Einkorn, then I invite you to this party. Einkorn is a high protein, weak gluten flour that bakes up buttery and rich. My kids are actually spoiled. They <laughs> they look at I I bought some conventional organic flour from Walmart in between uh jovial orders and uh mm. I think I scarred them for life. Oh. My girls are like this is sawdust. This is disgusting. This is, does not look anything like einkorn. Einkorn is yellow and buttery and delicious. Are you raising and, flower uh, snobs? I am raising flower <laughs> snobs. I think it's happening. I mean they've always been like little foodies but now like if when they can see the flower in the bucket is not einkorn. Yes. I guess that's a great thing. Jovial has this love, friends, for extremely high quality ingredients. So we have the einkorn, we have the wheat berries, we have olive oils and beans. You can stock your pantry yes. for some quick and easy food that you can feel really good about feeding your family. So visit them at jovialfoods.com and bonus, mm-hmm. enjoy free shipping. Mm-hmm. We love Carla and her team. And we're pretty darn confident that you're going to love baking with Einkorn as much as Shay and I do. Yes. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at American Blossom Linens. This is the bedding that you want because it is made to last a lifetime. Now, I was talking with a friend of mine and she said, you know, even with the coupon code Homemaker Chic 20, the sheets are still like they're just pretty expensive. But I said to her, you know what? You buy them once and you literally never have to buy sheets again, pending some sort of nuclear scissor disaster from a child, which is sneaking into the room right now. It looks like Angela's waving her arm frantically. Like we're having a thunderstorm and the, the oh, wind I like swung the door open. Oh, well, I hope fabulous. it's probably going to blow over because of the lake. But yeah, still the sun just popped out again. I'm like, please just do it. Give me a gray day. It's those you type know of days uh, where. I want to clean my room. I like fight dust things, you know, when it's gray outside and you don't want to go out. Oh, yeah. It's the perfect day. Oh, I get all the homey, like, yeah, homey I'm going to sink feels. my teeth into this feel. Yes. Oh, yeah. So that would be sure. the perfect time to wash your Texas grown American blossom sheets, organic cotton, no dyes, nothing imported here. Just good old straight up American quality. They get softer with each, with each washing and they have that gorgeous vintage feel, which they really do. I toss and turn sometimes during the night. And every time I roll over, I just think, oh, that feels so nice. It feels so nice on my skin, especially this time of year when I'm basically sleeping in nothing because it's so hot. (laughs) Okay, Marilyn, (laughs) just your Chanel number five. Don't come a knocking. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, check them out. AmericanBlossomLinens.com. Coupon code HOMEMAKERSCHIC20 for 20% off of these amazing sheets that you're going to want on your beds. 
Uh, Shay, I have a surprise for today's love comment. <sighs> Is it a good one? I. It's a good one. Okay. I just want to tell you how much I love you. <laughs> and I'm Thank just you. so happy to be doing this podcast with you. It's such a blessing. Your friendship is a blessing. The awkward moments that we hash out on this show are a blessing navigating these waters. <laughs> and so the love comment this week is from me for Miss Elliot of the, Aww, the Elliot Homestead. You know what? I'm going to take that. I'm going to shove it right here, right in my heart. Mm-hmm. Carry it with me. Okay. I, I feel like <clears throat> I feel so many things. I feel like we really need to hear those things, though, because isn't it true that we are so quick to dismiss the good to focus on the bad? We so quickly Mm -hmm. dismiss the thousand good days for the one really bad day. You know, (laughs) do you see my cat? What is this? Am I running a cat farm in my background? What is happening? I don't know. Cat lady. I. My cats are, I don't know. I have kind of become a cat lady, I got to say. Anyway, I appreciate your love comment. Thank you, my dear friend. All right. Noted. Noted. Don't forget it. Okay. We're mixing it up today. Stuart, would you please cue the coffee music? (laughs) Today's show is brought to you by Espresso. With a heavy line of crema. <laughs> and my door's swinging open again. The house is haunted. Come on, thunderstorms, cats, coffee. This is, this is, I'm gonna, uh, we're setting it up pretty you, well. You take here. the wheel, Shane. Take my headphones off and close my door. Okay, I'm gonna kick my nine year old out of my office space, my sweet child. Don't cross the line. Cross the line, I'm gonna throw a cat at you. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you guys, turns out as much as we love drinking Dry Farms wine, you know how we feel about them. And there's, of course, information on them in the show notes. Um, but it's not all wine. Would you believe it? Sometimes we drink water. Uh, sometimes we drink coffee. So we're getting to record this podcast kind of in the early morning hours. And, you know, we have some shame. Small bits of shame. Yeah. We so, try. We do try to be genuine. And yeah. so drinking wine at, you know, 10 in the morning would be probably a bad example. Just saying, you know, Even low in some places, wine like dry farms in some places. So, so we're sitting down with espresso. And um, I think this is the perfect day for this to have happened, because today we're going to talk about life changing literature slash audiobooks. <laughs> Slash, yeah, and we're not gonna go like too deep, okay? Like, don't worry. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. talk about like homemaker changes. Yeah, we're not gonna talk about maybe. the Bible, okay? Let's just assume. We're not gonna talk about the Bible. We're <laughs> not gonna dig out the yeah. Anne Rand. Yeah. I tell you. <laughs> I'm just, I have, have you ever read Anne Rand before? What do you I think? I guess like, I'm kind of gagging to read her books again with all this stuff going on. Um, she's got a really, really good book called We the Living. And I would like my kids to read it, but I feel like I need to give a run through it, see if it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we're not going there. No, we're not going there. And, you know, here's, okay, full full disclosure before we get started. Um, I have always struggled with reading in my life. Not that I can't read, but that I can't sit down to read. <laughs> and... Hmm. 
I love books. I love taking them in. I love thinking about them. I love escaping. I love learning all these things, but I, I like, I would start all these books and finish none of them. And as I've grown older, super old now, 34, I have learned a little bit about myself and I don't sit still. I don't, I don't think, I don't process thoughts when I'm, when I'm sitting still. So this, I do this really weird thing mentally where I'll go out into my garden and I'll be weeding a patch or planting something. And I can look around my garden and think about and remember what it was I was thought processing at the time I did it. Like when I planted mm-hmm. that pear tree, I was chewing through X, Y, Z. So when I, when my hands are busy, when I'm knitting or washing dishes or folding laundry or ironing or planting, that's when I process thought, which is why audiobooks are so great for me. And you have a kid like that. You're a sit still reader. Like you sit down with your books and read. Right. You know, yeah. My mom, she was, she read to me a lot as a child. Uh, I was always a really good reader. You know how they have like the little groups in elementary school. I was always like in the top. I love to read. Like as a child, I would just in the morning, I would read the cereal box, like every Mm. ingredient, every dig to the bottom for your toy. I would just read the cereal box. I'd turn it back and forth and back and forth. I had to have something to read while I was eating. Actually, reading while funny? I eat is one of my... Uh, hey, there's more cat dancing in the back. <laughs> Please ignore the cat dance. What is happening? I don't know. Reading while I eat is like if I was like a single woman in an apartment, like that's what I would do. I wouldn't have a television. I would just make a delicious meal for myself yeah. and read while I eat. It's such a pleasure. Um, I do. I have a, I have one child in particular. Most of my children love to read, but one in particular almost can put me to shame. She's mm, yeah. Well, she has the luxury to put me to shame. Exactly. She she's not, you know, yeah. raising Hello. six children while she's doing it. Right. But do you remember there's a really great meme of a stick person sitting on a toilet, reading the back of a glade, like, perfume spray like a bathroom spray and it was like this is life before smartphones because i totally remember doing that (laughs) i used to grab the shampoo bottle like i'm not kidding anything i could read my parents have a picture of me sitting on the toilet with a richard scary book like learning to body train this book is like bigger than me and i'm sitting on the loo with this book. yeah Oh, that's so good. It's so good. There are pockets. I mean, for the homemaker, depending on where homemaking finds you, whether you're, you know, a single homemaker living in an apartment, whether you're, you know, raising a bunch of kids, like we're all in different places. So I think, you know, how you're going to read and when you're going to find pockets of time and whether you're going to do it through the book or through audiobook or whatever, you know, it's just going to look different. And frankly, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The point is, like, put good stuff in. Put good stuff in. And we're going to talk- I'm kind of a purist. I, I okay. really do think there's something to holding the book. No, there is. I mean, there is. You got to you got to hold it every once in a while. Every once in a while. And there are obviously books. And one of them, actually, that I wanted to put on my list. I mean, it's not an audio. Like, you can't listen to it. You know, so I reserve my tangible books more less for novels, which we'll talk about, but and more for home decor, paint, design, gardening like those are the images and those are so powerful to shaping your home. And I leave them out all the time. We have stacks of books, stacks, 
everywhere. <laughs> oh, they're dusty. They're in wine crates. They're yeah. everywhere. Like, yeah, you, every room has just. Yeah. And I just still have books. some boxed away. I mean, we yeah. still have a, a big bookcase project that we haven't finished and yeah. I just still have stacks of them. Yeah. Actually, away. George is behind me on the couch right now reading my book. <laughs> hey, how about that? Oh, your book. <laughs> Which one is it? Seasons at the Farm, ladies. If you shameless haven't plug. checked it out, shameless plug was my first. I actually picked that up and dusted it off book. yesterday when oh, I was cleaning. On. I was Dusty. like, here's Shay Shay's book. It's a pretty Give me a book. Break. It's a pretty book. They all were dusty. It's beautiful. <sighs> okay. I want to start with on my list the two books that are so funny to me that are on this list, but that really did shape me becoming who I am right now. So my dad watched this infomercial. Probably <clears throat> I was 18. So how many years ago? 16 years ago. And it was a guy who'd written a book called um, Health Secrets They Don't Want You to Know About, which obviously just by the title, I'm like, yeah, them. What? What secrets? <laughs> like, tell me. I can. I feel like I can see that that title in my brain. Yeah. Like I have it an was, image it of that. It was a pretty popular book, but okay. he bought it and he sent it to me when I was at co- away at college. And I remember opening it up and it talked about. The first thing it talked about was coconut oil and all the different uh, benefits that coconut oil had for your immune system, for your skin. And so I started taking coconut oil in my oatmeal every day at college. And then there was like a little ditty in there about, uh, you know, spirulina or the benefits of certain allergies and such to your body. Mm-hmm. And I would I went to the health food store and I bought myself some and I would take it and I'd be like, I'm so healthy. But it was It was more than that. It was this first idea of thinking like what products we use and what we take in would affect our health, you know, and like that's not even something I thought about at all before. So he goes on and and so that go ahead. That intrigues me because I I have I remember my first like, oh. Moment. What was it? It was a radio show. Okay. Um, It was. But it intrigues me that you have a memory of like, mm-hmm. like, think about how that, that, that moment has shaped that your moment. life. It's that's life shaping. Yeah. Massively. And it was yeah, like this little infomercial book. But then Stu and I got married yeah. and I didn't know how to cook really like very, very little. Okay. And I went to the store and, or I'm sorry, I went to the library and there was a book there. I, I wish I could remember the. Her name was Renee something, and I'm, I'm blanking on her last name, but, and I can't even remember the name of the book, which bugs me, but it was. Oh, is a, that why you have it like in quotes the, in our notes? Like the, I call it the vegan cookbook because it was the only, the only vegan cookbook I've ever read. Um, and I didn't even note that she was vegan at the time because I was so entranced with what she was saying about just, you know, chemicals and additives and cooking and mm. in season vegetables and, you know, all this kind of stuff. She had like very small little recipes in there for homemade cleaners. And like, it was just the very first awakening in my brain of like, oh, okay. Like this could be a thing. And obviously, as you guys know, Mm -hmm. like that's what our life now is shaped around (laughs) in so many ways. That's why I started my blog. Um, That's why we are what we are. And it was because of a vegan cookbook. 
which is ironic in that we whatever, are meat whatever farmers. it may be called <laughs> yeah and that i had gone i had gone to go school a day without meat exactly i had gone to school for beef production like i'm a meat person meat is my jam meat and dairy are my jams so it was yeah that was a mass i i'm going to oh i know what it was the balanced plate it just came to me we will put it in the show oh notes. My gosh. The Balanced Plate by okay, Renee yeah, I'm going to scribble that down. Okay. That was massive. Life-changing. Life-changing literature. Uh, I'm trying to think, okay, about like my kitchen or health. Um, so my, when I had my light bulb moment, well, I remember I come from like a, I see, hear the door slamming. Mm-hmm. I tell you the wind is it. just like, oh my gosh, it's raining and the sun is shining. It's oh. raining straight down. Thank you, Jesus. I need rain so bad. Um, part of my family, they're like big juicers. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Fight Club. I was a juicer. Yeah. Like they're big juicers, right? And then there was this book by the Diamonds. I think it was like this husband and wife. And it okay. was about Fit for Life. It was called Fit, Fit for, for Life. life. It's got like a bunch yeah, of yeah, nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, bunch of nonsense about meat being evil and all, you know bad for you and all that jazz that I don't really subscribe to. But um, right about that time, I heard a radio show, and this is you know not to be controversial, but it was about home birth mm-hmm. and the birth control pill mm-hmm. and how bad it is for you. And I was in my early twenties and was on the pill as a newlywed, and it just got me. I was so intrigued. Mm-hmm. I went off the pill. I had I decided 10 years before I was going to have kids that I was going to have home birth. It was just like this pivotal. And that was just kind of like the little gateway drug, if you will, into uh, holistic remedies Mm -hmm. and natural foods Mm -hmm. and preservatives and all that jazz. And then after I had Aiden, my aunt went to Napa on vacation and brought me home a cookbook because she knew I had some convictions but didn't really know how to articulate them. And it's called, um, I have it on the floor here. I brought it up. It's called Feeding Baby. Okay. And so between that and a conversation with my pediatrician, which I've actually written about this when I actually used to blog actively, (laughs) um, Teaching Your Children to Eat. It was like Mm -hmm. a three-part series I did on my blog. Um, That cookbook, Feeding Baby, was just an eye-opener to me on creating a palette for your children so they could grow up to appreciate food. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it's one of the reasons I didn't do like um, oatmeal-y, starchy baby food because mm-hmm. I didn't want to create that starch palette for my kids. Mm-hmm. And I actually never did baby food, but it was, this is a great recipe. I think it's a husband and wife. I think one of them's French and it's all like adult foods for baby turned into yeah. something that you can start feeding your baby like at six months old or something. That was just a game changer. It's just one of those like you're yeah. like you're saying just totally took me and I just went whoop, over in this direction. Well, that's kind of what very, inf- very influential. That's kind of what these books are. Obviously, this is not books, mm-hmm. the only books we've read um, or even necessarily no, no. just this is not a definitive list. This is about Shay and I. This is like, about just a shift, like something punches yeah. you at the right time and you're like, oh, Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, like we're we're it's like um oh well, like what's that that arcade game where the ball comes down and like the ping ping pong no or uh, no not ping you pong know. uh what is it called <laughs> you know this one with the dong dong 
<laughs> that's well, what it reminds me of and... where it's like the ball's coming a certain way and the lever just goes flick and it sends it in a different uh direction i want to say foosball but that's not right it's not it oh my gosh <laughs> somebody's I shouting it at us right now i know somebody's screaming um um, so I got another one then if we're going to, okay. if we're going to stay in the kitchen for, stay for there. a hot yeah. minute here, um, you know, you learn to cook, you learn the basics. Renee's cookbook, her vegan cookbook taught me about just like cooking with vegetables or learning to love vegetables or sort of exploring mm-hmm. seasonal food in a different way. And then I stayed there for quite a while, sort of camped there. Um, nourishing mm-hmm. traditions was the next cookbook that really came in and was like, Hey, check, check this. So here's why we want grass fed meats. Here's why we want cultured foods with every meal. Here's why we want raw dairy. Here's why we want to eliminate white sugar. And I mm-hmm. camped there. I'm still there, frankly, but it's, I don't have to look it up anymore, but I, have explored that book top, bottom, inside out, backwards, forwards, every way. Hi, Junior. Hi, buddy. You can watch Peter Pan. Where are your kids? They're in the blue room. Can you go tell them for I, me? I can. can you go tell them? No, that's okay. You can do it. Oh, his voice is okay. so cute. You can do it me. Oh, you can go tell them. I will, uh, I'll sit here and. Okay. And talk about this for a second to myself. Okay. Yeah, I got I have to say I was um, introduced to nourishing traditions about seven years into like seven years late. Yeah, I was late to that party. Yeah. And it's still kind of I'm still kind of bitter about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a massive group of bloggers back in the day who sort of got into nourishing traditions at the same time. And it was a massive catapult for our farm to, well, I guess to even start a farm because before that, you know, we had just been getting milk, like normal family, just regular old milk. And then we began to explore the idea of a raw milk dairy. And so we began to source raw milk. And then, you know, that obviously grew into us getting a cow and milking our own milk and growing our own vegetables and growing our own meat and it became this entire movement in a clean food direction all from a book and 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 truly like we're we're still on that path i mean it's there's the reasons that i make kimchi and sauerkraut and you know fermented green beans and it's the reason that i feed my kids some form of cultured food at every meal and it's like from a book it's incredibly powerful so that was a big one it is. and then after that, I think you're I think you're going to relate to this one, too. Um, Mimi Thorison. She. Yes. If you guys do not know Mimi, you should go check her out. I want to be like her when I grow up and I'm much more sophisticated. <laughs> I probably won't ever be, though, because I can't even say one French wine word and she speaks like six languages. So. But uh, do you, I mean, you have Mimi's books, don't you? I have one of them. Okay. I have. Um, My Kitchen in France. Other people before her that really. Oh. Um, influenced me. As in the kitchen? As in my kitchen. Yeah. Just sort of uh, the basics. 
you know, I'm very intrigued by French culture, very intrigued by French food. I'm intrigued by their uh, mindset around food, the time in which they eat, sure. the way they eat. Uh, the concept of the potager garden was um, really pivotal for me. I read a book on a very simple little book on that that really steered my gardening style. And then I this is a really basic book, but there's um, it, it's. Robert Arbor, uh, looks like Robert Arbor, um, but he wrote a cookbook called Joie de Vivre, ironically. And that's where I got, that's where I learned how to make a roast chicken. Mm. That's where I learned about French pressed coffee. I mean, that was like a pivotal, this is a long time ago, you know, just yeah. roasting potatoes with herbs de Provence. You know, it, this was just a very basic cookbook, but so instrumental in my kitchen. Like, again, mm -hmm. just here we go. Teaching the basics. Direction. Yeah. And then um, Susan Herman Loomis is a um, a cook and you know, chef in France. And she, uh, where does she live? Like in Brittany or Normandy or somewhere. Um, she has a cooking school in her home and she's written fantastic books. And I actually have this one here. Mind the noise. It's called French Farmhouse. This was very instrumental Ooh, i don't have this one it, i love it okay. I, I love she taught she's taught me so much over the years and oh, i really enjoy down. a good story <sighs> with my yes recipes tell me why and i love hearing about this one's all about like french housewives stop farm, why have you never told me about this sometimes you make know, me so really, angry i don't know <sighs> i love this book all right i'm gonna order absolutely that. love it and she's written other ones like en route to town things like that but um yeah i love french farmhouse cookbook like very good. Very instrumental. Very good. Um, mm -hmm. Well, so Mimi Thorison's cookbooks, I have two. Her third one comes out in the fall and I can't wait because it's an Italian one. And Italian food is my love language. <laughs> I love it. But so she has two. And what I find intriguing about her cookbooks, they're the, the two cookbooks that live in my kitchen. Like they don't leave my kitchen and partly mm -hmm. it's because of the recipes because they're very straightforward. So where they live in France is really um, lined up with where we live, like on the latitude of the mm -hmm. earth, you know? And so mm -hmm. a lot of, basically we get all the same, we can grow all the same stuff. So it's very relevant to the kinds of things that we eat here in the Pacific Northwest, okay. uh, which makes it obviously very effective. But the real magic of Mimi's cookbooks is Ordur, her husband, who is her photographer. And I am also a food photographer. <laughs> so in writing my cookbooks and in doing my cooking community stuff, I have referenced Ordur more than any other photographer. He is he is the one photographer that I would just die to sit down with. Like, let me sit with you mm -hmm. with the camera for an hour. Like, please just please. teach me a wise one. Please. He yeah. has the most yeah. magical way of capturing a moment that is staged, but not staged. It's flawless. Mm -hmm. His photography in, in my, for my taste. Um, so I, and that's the thing about her books is like the recipes are you can do them. Oh yeah. They're not intimidating. They're beautiful. They're delicious. And then you have his photography like on top of it. That's so inspiring. It's just, You're so just well, you want to crawl in beautiful into the scene. Yeah. But her, but mm -hmm. I've noticed about when I first got her cookbook. So if you do get them, I'm going to warn you 
the title of them, of the, a lot of the recipes will be in French or it just sounds, you know, stuffed this with da 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 glamonaise or whatever. And you're like, oh, that sounds scary. And I don't know what that is. But then you, if you look at the ingredient list, it's, you know, pork shoulder, mm-hmm. sage leaves, salt, garlic. I mean, it's really right. straightforward ingredients. So it's not... There's no nuclear chemistry, you know, complex things going on. It just is polished and presented in a very sophisticated way, Mm -hmm. but very doable. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. She's a sophisticated woman. My heavens. Um, Effortlessly sophisticated. (sighs) And she's got seven kids. I don't think there's a contrivance about it. It's just the way she is. She's just... Stu always jokes. He's like, you know, they're like aristocrats. Like, that's not your notch in the world. (laughs) So just let it go. (laughs) It's not your lot in life. It's not your lot in life. (laughs) No, you know, there's people that, you know, like I can get dressed up, right? Like I can rock the high heels and I know how to dress. Yeah. Yeah. If the occasion called, I would know what to do. Yeah. But I'm still playing dress up and there's other people <laughs> like that's just that's who that's yeah. just them. It just is there's it's not contrived Mm-mm. at all, you know. Mm-mm. Nope. And she's obviously exceptionally ugly and has, you know, <laughs> no taste in clothes whatsoever. <laughs> I'm joking, you guys. Anybody she's can hot. look that can look that exquisite in a leather apron. I mean, forget about I bought a leather apron. I was like, I'm going to be like Mimi. And then I put on and I did not look like Mimi. I looked like a blacksmith. (laughs) It was like 50 pounds overweight. (laughs) (laughs) So I gave it to Stu. I was like, I cannot pull this off. (laughs) You can have my apron. You can have my apron. Oh, that's no good for me. Um, But, you know, her cookbooks, I've I've been sitting with them now for probably five years and mm-hmm. they are just they're so used they've been spilled on and dripped on i was gonna say do your cookbooks look like mine mine look like i vomited on them i mean there is like food <laughs> These and two spills do. and crusty like all the pages flour. the bottom inch is like all gone because it's spilled spilled on and then i've had to yes. pull the pages apart and try to separate them you know and yes Stu actually said to me the other day he's like would you like me to buy you some new copies of mimi's cookbooks because these look horrible but yeah. i don't because i have notes in them you know and oh i scribble yeah i you have to scribble in your books yeah. like you know a lot, you know, a lot of people, they take notes in their Bible, they use a highlighter, they scribble in their Bible, and they, they don't think to do that in their books. My books yep. are so marked yep. up. If a passage speaks to me, I underline it. Yep. Uh, my Outlander books, I make my own footnotes. Mm-hmm. I'm such a geek because mm-hmm. there's passages and references I don't want to forget. So I use the back, those few empty yeah. pages at the back, and I make my own notes. Uh, your cookbooks, like, you got to make notations. Yeah. Sometimes if you double or... In my case, triple a recipe, it kind of it's a little bit off. So I'll, you know, make all the adjustments yep. or make little notes to myself. And, I love that. That's what makes them yeah. yours. That's what makes yeah, them yours. Sure. And I think that's special. I mean, I would so much rather have five books that I loved and loved well than 500 that, mm-hmm. you know, I just go to the same ones all the time. I do. I think fi- that's yeah. why we're doing this show. Yeah. These okay, are the books, so yeah. for health okay. and the kitchen, we've got. Okay. 
I'm not it's saying balanced plate. I'm not saying people need to read that. I'm just saying that was a pivotal. That was a okay, pivotal book for but, me. If you want a cookbook to stock in your kitchen. Well, obviously, Angela and I have cookbooks, but Mimi, duh. <laughs> uh, Mimi Thorson's cookbooks for me, those and Gil yeah. Mellers. Those are the three that I I live with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have um, Cook with Jamie is another one that's just used and abused. Jamie Oliver. I love. Yeah. Uh-huh, I love that yep. one. I have. I told you the story of my Jamie cookbook. Is it which one you have, but which book okay, is it? It's Jamie at Home was my my okay, very favorite Jamie Oliver show. Jamie was the one who, you know, really introduced me in many ways to the idea of cooking. I love him. Mm-hmm. I have all of mm-hmm. his cookbooks mostly, except the last one. Anyway, Jamie at Home, I rented it from the library, took checked it out, brought it home, cooked from it for solid for like a month and eventually lit it on fire on my stove. I like I just... <laughs> just lit it on fire and it burned the whole back cover and a bunch of pages into it and my mom's like you can't you can't obviously send that back so I had to buy the library a new copy and that's the copy that I still use and uh I love it because it's this little but you kept it from the library I did oh you kept the burned copy I couldn't send it back it was okay gotcha 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 anyway it makes me smile every time I look at it because it was that was me learning how to cook Now, I I thought I was thinking of another story. Am I allowed to share the other story? Yes. I was thinking of you sitting with the producer or whoever it was when you were filming your. Uh, what's that called? Pilot, not trailer pilot. Yeah. And you showed her the book and she like, didn't she take a picture oh, of it and text yes. it to Jamie? Okay, yes. I was like, <laughs> OK, yes, that's, so that's even more fun. The sh- yeah. The show you burning the house down. <laughs> the showrunner for our Food Network pilot was the showrunner showrunner show for Jamie at home. And so okay. she yes, she took a picture of this burnt cookbook and was like, this is how well loved this cookbook is because it wasn't just the I burn. It was story. all the deer ta- or the dog tag ears, you know, and. Mm-hmm. Dog tag. What am mm. I talking about? Dog no, ear. Dog ears. Good gravy. <laughs> um, you know, marked up recipes, all that. So that was pretty yeah. fun. But yeah, Jamie's cookbooks are great. But let's. OK, I um, I want to move to the garden okay. because I remember plucking this book off the library shelf. I don't know how many years ago. A long, a long bleep time ago. <laughs> like um, <laughs> perfect. No. No, that's I'm reading your notes. Perfect English cottage. The English cottage garden, right? Is that the one it's called? Yes. I don't even know what yes, it's called. Yes, yes, yes. English cottage that, garden. That book changed my gardening world. Mm-hmm. I yes. I knew the Cotswolds existed. I knew there was such a thing as a cottage garden. But that book got me. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. And it's it's very old school. It's not like today's photography. I feel like those books from like 80s? the early 90s, yeah. they look really flat. Yes. You know, they're, they look different than our books today do. They're not going for that like lusty, deep, you know, our photography d- today is different in coffee table books. But um, man, it, I... I was a new gardener or, or new to gardening in a big space. I was new to knowing the names of perennials and trying to create a, you know, a, a layered look that would last throughout the seasons, give me color from the day the snow melted until mm-hmm. Thanksgiving day and 
which plants went with what. And it just fostered my love for herbs and roses and mm-hmm. dang. Yeah. It's just, it, that's the book that just the, there's a little one about having a potage garden that, that made me want to grow vegetables. Cause at first I was not interested in growing vegetables, but that one is the one that made me realize I actually want to be a skilled gardener yes. and cottage gardening is where I want to yeah. be. Yeah. That's one of those books that I sit with every winter because mm-hmm. every mine's falling apart. Yeah. Like the inside comes out, yeah. like it, the binding is not even glued together mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Every time you open it, you see something different if you have the eyes mm-hmm. to see it. So sometimes it's the little terracotta pots balanced on the wood stakes, you know, to hold the netting up. Sometimes I'm looking for pathways ideas. Sometimes I'm looking for structural, you know, arbors and such. Sometimes I'm looking at colors. Mm-hmm. So I always look at it with a different view. I'm trying to take something different out of it. And that is the gardening book that just truly never, ever disappoints ever. Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. good. So good. And then, you know, they wrap it up with a big tribute to Tasha Tudor, the last yeah. garden. Then they circle back around to the States and it's Corgi Cottage. And yep. It's really good. Yep. Uh, um, yes. If we're, if we're going <laughs> to sit with gardening books for a second, another major life one for me was, um, well, there's actually two that come to mind. Tasha Tudor's Gardens. Um, mm-hmm. I took a lot from her gardens because her approach to gardening was so relaxed. It, it didn't have that edge that a lot of mm-hmm. gardens can have. It was softer, more mm, country uh, in a way, mm-hmm. less a statey. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, and that is the look that I, you know, we, we joke about our house being a cottage, but you know, it's not in a state, it's not a chateau. It's, it's not a suburban house. It's, mm-hmm. it is a cottage. It's an orchard cottage. And so I really identified, but you know, she talked about looking at colors of gardening and and how did it make you feel? And so she talked about the only orange flower that she had in her garden was a crown imperial and it wasn't even super orange, but like she didn't, orange didn't fit in her garden. And she was just like, it's not that I don't love orange. It just doesn't have a place here. And that was a massive pivotal point for me because when I, I remember you're like, I'm done with orange. The hell with the orange poppies. It's not that I didn't love them, but it it didn't give Mm -hmm. me that cottage feel that I wanted my house to have. And I couldn't put my finger on what it was. And so Mm -hmm. I ripped out a bunch of stuff and I redid it. And it, that is the book that I still go back to. Like you mentioned the seasonal thing, like you wanting to your garden to look pretty seasonally. I love Mm -hmm. that book because it shows her areas in spring. It shows them in summer. It shows them in fall. And so you get this idea of waves in your garden and like how she did that was amazing. And I love that her family, even though she's passed now, her family still keeps this estate going, keeps it moving. And, uh, man, I would love to visit it. What I wouldn't give to walk through those spaces. I, um, yeah, my mom raised me on Tasha Tudor. Like I have all these little books like that her friends would give her as a, would give me as a gift for like 
I have one that says like, happy fourth birthday, Angela. And it's so sweet. And like just having that um, influence. She, I loved her, uh, you know, she would, there's something she does in her garden and I do this in mine and then we'll, I'll jump to a different book. But she, if a plant is giving her grief or was giving her grief, like she would always give it one more year before yanking it out. And I don't remember where mm-hmm. I read that. Is that in that uh-huh, book? I think I it is. Remember. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like, I'm going to let you do your thing. I'm going to give you one last try. I'm going to prune this knot out of you, give you some space, yeah. give you some manure. Yeah. We'll go one more, one more, one more round with yeah. this. But a yeah. newer version of that idea is another book that, again, very life changing for me in the garden, which is called The Layered Garden by David mm-hmm. Culp. You introduced me to that book. And um, mm-hmm. that was a missing piece in my garden was I knew what summer, I love peonies. I love roses. Um, but not intentionally sitting down and saying, okay, what's going to bloom in spring? Uh, what's the structure of the garden going to be like in wintertime? Are there evergreen things? Um, are, is there texture in the garden in wintertime? Um, what colors are coming up in spring and then what's going to replace them when those pass and what's going to replace them with those pass. I loved that book. And it's one I still go to I love his gardens, not nearly as much as I love a lot of the other ones, but the idea Mm -hmm. of, again, keeping the garden going beautiful as long as possible. There's a lot of great technical exploration of that idea in that book. Yeah. And I think like gardening books, it's really easy to just go to maybe uh, disregard ones that aren't your particular exact style because we're always looking for visual inspiration, but so many of those are written um, by a gardener's heart. And I think it's really, for me, I found it really important not to just disregard something just Just because maybe the pictures or the style of garden doesn't speak to me. Big time. Um, Big time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You know, there's a... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. One more really quick. that In the garden, Beatrix Potter's Gardening Life. Yes. If you need like another gardener to speak your love language to you. That's the yeah, one. That's like a great we one. were saying like, no, you need to like understand my yeah. garden and give me the compliments and appreciate yep. it the way I do. If you just need that, then she's your mm-hmm. girl <laughs> for mm-hmm. sure. That book is. Gosh, there is another gardening book on that. It was written in like the 1940s by an Englishman. And he talks about creating his first garden. And it's the one book I've read where I'm like, oh, he gets it because he just talks about the brute force and like how rocks will be like, I don't want to sit here. I want to sit here. And I'll remember the name mm. of it, but it's excellent. Okay. It's really yeah, good. Really good. We have Angela, like <laughs> this time goes, We're out of no, time. it's not, we have a little bit of time, Okay, but we haven't even talked about Out- Outlander. We have to talk. Can we just talk about Outlander? Please. Can we just okay. do it? Angela has been reading these books for 10 years and she's been like, Hey Shay, you should read these books. And I was like, no. Uh, because I watched the show and it was traumatizing and I had to skip a bunch of it and I don't want to read that. And then on a whim, I did. And like three years later, you know, we were talking like a three year recovery time. It like emotionally damned. Really okay, for, traumatized. For, in my defense. Fair enough. That is a season no. one is a tough season. Like it's yes. I had to basically skip like the last two episodes. I was like, I can't handle this. And it could have been because I was pregnant or lactating or both but i had a really hard time swallowing it um the books are not even in the same universe as the Mm -hmm. show the books uh, 
People ask all the time, <laughs> should I read the books or watch the Don't show? Don't watch the I'm show. Like, just read just read the books. Don't watch the show. If you want to use the people on the show, like if you if your imagination needs a visual, yeah. they're beautiful people. Go <laughs> yeah. for it. They dress well. <laughs> just they dress um, well. Their costumes are beautiful. They're beautiful. But the books are for me. <laughs> they they cover so many different things. Like I try to tell I cannot. I know. I'm actually terrible at articulating it's hard. it because they they cover marriage and the friendship within marriage and really give a beautiful look that I don't think anybody's really ever given to the marriage friendship yes. before. And damned if it's not so inspiring. Yeah. Um, it's, there's this com- fast companionship, this yeah. trust, it's uh, disagreement, like. It it has yeah, a way it's, of it's support encouragement. It's you can't, you can't really put it into words. It has a way of making you want to boldly serve and protect those whom mm-hmm. you love. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just in a physical sense. I mean just no. It calls on no nobility. Your nobility. Yeah. It calls on, yeah. It summons it. It summons things in you that you maybe just with our lifestyle and modern modernity mm-hmm. or however you say that, you know, like I haven't really ever been given a voice or even been watered as a seed, mm-hmm. but are in mm-hmm. there. And that even goes beyond, you know, just their like immediate family and their marriage to, you know, Jamie's obvious little relationship with Scotland and with the clans mm-hmm. and with, with his people there. And it goes on to, you know, him being um, a Lord or layered over, mm-hmm. you know, Fraser's Ridge and the people there and no spoilers. Sorry. Shay sorry. Um, <laughs> it's, it calls on traits and humans that we don't see a lot of in the same way mm-hmm. in our culture today. It's that, and it's people and, you know, the people of Europe and immigration and slavery and like it touches on every political um, note ever. I feel like, I mean, it covers well, that's, everything. Yeah, no, I feel like they cover, they cover everything. There's like a very interesting, um, you know, she's a physician. So there's a scientific right. aspect you have uh, for those people that enjoy sci-fi. There's a very like sci-fi aspect to it because of the time travel. Yeah. Um, there's gardening. For those that love to garden, herbs, there's lots of herbs and gardening. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have the, the relational. There's warfare. You have you have a there's religion. There's a yeah. there's um fam a Protestant family Catholic family mm-hmm. integration mm-hmm. that's handled beautifully. Yeah. Um, it's just everything. It is. <laughs> it's everything. It is. Um. <laughs> And, and you know what else I love about it is it's not all gravy. There's a lot of challenges, even in the in the way that she writes it. So, uh, for example, the book I'm in now, um, I'm listening to it on audiobook because they're huge books. But I mean, I've been sitting in this one particular scene, this one day for like 15 hours mm-hmm. of audio time. Not even kidding. It's insane. <laughs> And, and so there's like this, like, come on, like, move on, move on, move on. But the author is really, really impeccable at weaving the story together. And you think things that are unimportant, you think things that are seem unimportant have a way of coming back around 
you know, and it's like, I've learned in this process of reading these books to just trust her, to trust Mm -hmm. her with the process, to trust her with the progression and with the story, because, you know, I'm like shouting at her, like, you got to do this and you got to do this. And he was, he shouldn't have done that, but she has a way. She has a way. She's got a way. Her writing, she just as an author is fascinating. Like her writing style Mm -hmm. is really interesting. I think to, I don't know if she does it for all the books, but for the first one, she would just write random. She would just write scenes and then she wove them together. Amazing characters, amazing story. Um, A real big nod to, to this old fashioned way of life that we both so love, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sure that's a big element of what we enjoy about it. The cooking and the larder and the gardens and the, you know, biscuits packed in the saddlebags. And I just, there's so many elements of it that well, especially, you know, you and I have talked about staying in that place, yeah. just trying to stay in that uh, herby, wonderful, yeah, larder place, yeah. you know, stay there because that's where we are most creative and the least stressed yeah. out and everything. And so listening to them or reading them like really, really feeds yeah, that. it's friends. Outlander. Uh, all the way. We're out of time, seriously. So we didn't even get oh into gosh. Perfect English Cottage for home decor. Uh, Monty Don. Hello. The Complete Gardener. <laughs> didn't even go mm-hmm. there. <laughs> Uh, a well-kept home. We didn't go there. So we will. Perfect French country. Perfect French country. Oh, my. Um, so we might have to do a second edition of this, but we will link all of okay. the books in the show notes below so that you can check them out. Um, and, you know, maybe one of these will strike you at just the right time to to pinball. 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 Nailed it. <laughs> like a pinball. Kick you in the right direction. So, Mr. Elliot, if you would cue the mu- music, cue the music, please. <laughs> cue the music. Cue the music. <laughs> please remember that sharing is caring. And if you have a particular episode or you're just loving the podcast, or you've fallen in love with Jovial, or you've fallen in love with American Blossom Linens, share. Share it with a girlfriend. Share it on Instagram. Share it with your mom. <laughs> And be sure to visit us over on Instagram at Homemaker Chic Podcast. Of course, Fridays are Ultra Feminine Friday. So if you're ready to uh, channel your inner Beatrix Potter, you want to rock the tweed yeah. and a nice long skirt, yeah. your gardening basket, or if you need to pull a Claire Fraser, <laughs> or you just want to wear, you know, a modern Hepburn pantsuit, you do that. And you tag mm-hmm. us, Ultra Feminine Friday. Or you hashtag us, Ultra Feminine Friday, and share it. And we will share that over on our Instagram stories over there. Be sure to show some love to our sponsors. And do check the show notes. They are available wherever you listen to podcasts on Apple or Google or Spotify. And to make things really easy, we've got them over at homemakerschic.com. That's where we have all of our advertisers and all of the coupon codes. So you can get your swanky discounts for listening to the show. And we have all the show notes with the links. And we will. We'll list uh, Amazon links for all of these books. And we are itching to see if they influenced you the way they've influenced us and our homemaking and just kept us in that state of inspiration because uh, we are rescuing homemaking from the daily grind and that takes a lot of inspiration (laughs) it does does. go get you some all right ladies go get you until next time cheers cheers